Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, hey, welcome back. I am Chris Shandro, the pastor of Compass, and as always, I am really glad that you're with me today. Now, over the past two weeks, I have been listening to a podcast, and it's about a woman who faked cancer to get money from people. And she faked her cancer for more than five years and raised more than $200,000. And she raised it from her friends, her church, I mean, people all over the country. She was so convincing that even though she had never had cancer, even her closest friends were absolutely convinced that she did. And this podcast has had me thinking, how do we really know who people are? I mean, this guy right here is Malachi Love Robinson. And at 18 years old, he pretended to be a doctor at a clinic that he opened up himself. Now, you may recognize him from such classic memes as me after 11 seasons of Grey's Anatomy, or have you met any of my colleagues, Pepper, Dre, or Jay? Take a second, you'll get it. And if you don't, just ask someone next to you. But how would you feel if you or someone you loved were sick and the doctor you went to had literally no credentials? And how would we even know? Sometimes people lie about their credentials, but, but there are other times where things are a little murkier. For example, if you, if you go to see a counselor in the state of Illinois, you can know that depending on their level of certification that they went to school for between six to eight years. You can know they had to do a practicum and that they had to pass an exam from the National Board for Certified Counselors. They have real credentials. But if you went to see a certified counselor at a local church, it could be a totally different thing. Because you could take an eight-week online course to be a church counselor. And, and can you see the difference there? Both people can say they're certified counselors, but their credentials are radically different. One has nationally approved credentials, while the other has religious credentials. And I'm not saying that one is always better than the other, but I am saying that if the sewer backs up and explodes my toilets in my house, that I would choose a licensed plumber over someone who took a two-week plumbing class in college. So how do we know a person is who they say they are? That they have the right credentials, particularly when it comes to some of the most important areas of our lives. What about Jesus? Jesus was a carpenter. He wasn't a classically trained rabbi or, or, or formally educated in the Jewish scriptures. I mean, Jesus came from a tiny village in, the, in a backwoods region. He didn't come from Jerusalem, which was the home of the temple and the center of religious thought. People followed Jesus because he was a charismatic and talented teacher who performed miracles. But other people taught and appeared to perform miracles too. Jesus invited people to follow him, but he was ambiguous about who he was. And even though people believed that he was the Messiah, there had been other people who claimed to be the Messiah. So what qualified Jesus to be a rabbi and do the things he did? I think we can find the answer to this in Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to read this whole passage and then break it down. So in Matthew 17, 1, it says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and he led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched... Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. And Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, 
This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and they fell face down on the ground. And then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone and they saw only Jesus. Now, you may be familiar with this story. It's called the Transfiguration. And it's a familiar story to most Christians, and it's a story that many think is central to the Christian faith. But let's be totally honest, okay? This story is weird. I mean, Jesus gets all shiny, and two ancient guys who are presumably dead just show up and start talking to him. And then God talks, and all of it just instantly disappears. Some would say that this is Jesus appearing in his true spiritual body or that it's the moment he is revealed as the son of God. But the truth is that some of these mysterious and weird elements are actually hard to make sense of. But that doesn't mean there aren't things that we can take away from this story. So, so let's take a closer look starting again in Matthew 17, 1. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and he led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. So that whole thing, it can be a little strange and weird to us. But to the Jewish audience who would have been reading Matthew's gospel or hearing Matthew's gospel, Jesus going up a mountain and getting all shiny is a huge deal. And it's all because of Moses and something that Moses had said hundreds of years earlier. We can see it in Deuteronomy 18, 15. Moses continued, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. So we've talked about this a lot. The, the Jewish people, they were looking for someone to save them. Someone to guide them into a new Jewish kingdom, a new king. And they believed that that person would be a prophet and a power, powerful leader, just like Moses was when Moses led the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. In fact, let me show you just a couple things that Moses did. Exodus 24, 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain. Stay there and I will give you the tablets of stone on which I've inscribed the instructions and commands so you can teach the people. So first we see that Moses went up on Mount Sinai, where God gave him the law. It's just like the story of the Ten Commandments. It is the story of the Ten Commandments. That's the first thing. Now let's look at another thing, Exodus 34, 29. When Moses came down Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had just spoken to the Lord. Okay, we've heard these two things. Now let's get this. God revealed through Moses, that a new leader, a new king of the people of Israel would come and that he would be like Moses. And what did Moses do? Moses went up on a mountain to commune with God. Moses, whose face got all shiny. To the Jewish people, hearing Matthew say this, it would have been a powerful and clear statement. Jesus is the new Moses. Jesus is the savior they were promised who went up on a mountain and whose face got shiny. But that's not all. The story continues in 17.3. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So suddenly after Jesus is transfigured into his shiny form, Moses and Elijah, who lived hundreds of years before Jesus, they appeared and they started talking to him. 
Now, I don't know how the disciples recognized them. I mean, if they were polite introductions or maybe they shared business cards or something. But, but Moses and Elijah are not just random guys. Again, Moses was the one who brought down God's law to the people. And Elijah was one of their most revered prophets, the lawgiver and the prophet. Do you know what the Jewish people called their scriptures? They called it the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah together on that mountain, they were a personification of what had guided the lives of the people of Israel for generations, the law and prophets. They represented the ultimate authority on what the people believed and how they lived. And the disciples saw Jesus fitting in with that tradition. And as a result, they wanted to build three memorials to each of those three men. Because to them, the transfiguration meant that Jesus is equal to Moses and Elijah. That he's in the club. And that alone, it would have been a huge deal. I mean, equal authority with those great men of God, that would be as high as anyone could ever get in the kingdom of God. Or was it? Matthew 17, 5 continues. But even as Peter spoke... A bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. As if this whole event couldn't get any crazier for Peter, James, and John. I mean, first they see Jesus, who's transfigured into this being of, of dazzling light. And then they literally see Moses and Elijah standing right in front of them. And then to top it all off, a, a cloud surrounds them, and they hear the voice of God speaking. He says, this is my beloved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. This statement is exactly what God said when Jesus was baptized, with one exception. Because at the end of this, this is my beloved son, God says, listen to him. Now this, on the surface, is a huge credential, right? I mean, first Jesus is shown to be a leader like Moses. Then he's shown to have authority equal to the Jewish scriptures. And then like a cherry on top, God says, Listen to him. I mean, these three things on their own are enough to validate Jesus' credentials completely. But there's one more thing that I want you to see. And this is something that I think actually is the main point of this whole story. And it starts with a question. Why did God say listen to him? I mean, the disciples already listened to Jesus. At this point, they've been following him for years. So why does God need to remind them to do something that they're already doing? Well, let's look at the context. These three men are standing together, Moses the lawgiver, Elijah the prophet, and Jesus. And God says, listen to him. The disciples are looking at all this and they're trying to make sense of it. If Jesus is equal to Moses and Elijah, what do we do with this? Build a memorial? And it's here that I think God clarifies things. He says, you see Moses there? He represents the law. And Elijah, he represents the prophets. Together, these guys represent the whole of the scriptures that my people have lived by and believed. You've listened to Moses and Elijah for generations until now. Because now, I want you to listen to him. I don't think this is God reminding the disciples to listen to Jesus. I think he's saying that the old thing is ending and a new one's beginning. That Jesus is superior to the law and prophets. He's greater than Moses and Elijah. And now it's time to listen to him. Amidst all the religious noise at the time of trying to strictly live by the law or trying to search the prophets for what God is doing in the world, God says, stop everything and listen to him. Listen to Jesus. 
His is the voice that matters, and he is the one to now follow. We continue in verse 6. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. And then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they only saw Jesus. So at the end of this story, as if confirming everything that's already happened, they only saw Jesus. Moses is gone. Elijah's gone. Only Jesus remains. This whole weird story is not just about showing Jesus's, you know, supernatural ability to transform himself or bring people from the distant past into the present. Those are awesome things, but I don't think they're the point. Rather, this is an affirmation of Jesus's credentials. He is who he says he is. He's the savior of the people that they've been looking for. He has authority over everything that has come before, including the Jewish scriptures, and God confirmed it. So why does this matter to us? Well, we too live in a world full of noise, of religion telling us what to believe, politicians telling us what to think, influencers telling us how to dress and what to eat, social media telling us what to consume, and all kinds of people telling us how we're supposed to live. And it can be overwhelming to know which voices to listen to. Do I listen to my my parents, my therapist, my teacher, my pastor? And all I can say to that is this, and let me partially quote God here. When the world is filled with voices, listen to Jesus. When you're confused by which religious doctrines are right or which church tradition is best, just stop and listen to Jesus. When you don't know how to vote, listen to Jesus. When you're struggling in your relationships, you feel lonely or insecure, or you don't know what to do, listen to Jesus. You can trust his credentials. So may we be people who can quiet our traditions, quiet our doctrines, our upbringing, our ideologies, and just listen to Jesus. It doesn't mean that those things aren't important or don't matter. It just means there's someone whose voice should be the loudest in our lives. So may we quiet the complex noise in our lives, telling us how we should be, and instead listen to the voice of Jesus and hear his simple message of truth and love. The message of Jesus is so simple and so pure and so unadulterated. To treat others the way we want to be treated, to love our neighbor as ourself, and to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength. If we live that out and focus on that, and and make that the thing we listen to, then everything will be squared away. Everything will be taken care of as long as we listen to him. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.